1: Fresh and ready after a weekend in San Diego, where we had some beautiful weather. Monday started off a little dreary and and drizzly, but uh, we had a beautiful weekend here in San Diego. Hope you guys had a great weekend, too, and you're ready to get back at it with me every night of the week at 6 p.m. Pacific time here on The Answer San Diego. Super glad to have you guys with me today. Today was extraordinary. There was a whole lot of protesting going around the country, including a walkout or a sitout, I guess, as it was here in San Diego. We're going to be talking about that. Um America lost an icon, uh, Colonel um, Colin Powell. Was he a colonel or was he a general? I think he was General Colin Powell, wasn't he? Former Secretary of State, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs. I'm going to give you my perspective on his passing. Would love to hear from you guys. Already posted on the socials today. How do we remember? How do you think we should be remembering Colin Powell? What is his real legacy? It's actually an interesting one and um, possibly complicated interesting is a is a good word for it um i'm curious what your guys perspective is it, it, as well as my my partner here in crime 888-344-1170 those topics and more to get into uh, tonight as well as a warning from i think the world's largest grocery store chain about the price of goods and services coming up i have no fear though the biden administration claimed that the issues with the supply chain is just a sign of the boom in economy <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to the Baghdad Bob's of the Biden administration. Yeah, that's a little uh, Colin Powell uh, flashback, a little Easter egg for those of you who remember the time of of Colin Powell and the Iraq Wars and all that. Before I go any further, got to bring in my brother. It's DJ Potato Skins.
0: I trust all Americans to do the right thing, but we strongly advise everyone to especially, especially focus on DJ DJ Potato (laughs) Skins. DJ DJ Potato Skins.
2: Yeah, just confirmed in Andrea, Colin Powell, indeed, a retired four-star general.
1: A general. That's right. Absolutely a general. Of course, because he was chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Um. Congressman, local Congressman Darrell Issa tweeted out earlier today who knew him. And, you know, Congressman Darrell Issa also served in the U.S. military as, uh, as well as being a successful businessman and going into Congress. And he said that that Colin Powell was a soldier, a statesman and a strategist. Uh, he was indeed a soldier and an incredibly successful one. He rose up in the ranks to uh, the highest levels, right? Um, I don't remember the ranks that well, brigadier versus this, general versus that general, but dude rose to the highest ranks in the U.S. military to being chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Incredibly successful uh, military career, uh, those in, and, and, and for that, I give much respect because this was at a time, he did this at a time when our military was the US military, okay? Not the, the scam a uh, sham that it is in some ways going on now. Uh, statesman, he was as a secretary of state. I thought he purported himself in the United States of America quite well. I think he did what he had to do when he went before the United Nations and talked about WMD. Uh, I had a little bit of an issue at that time. However, not to completely relitigate all of that, but I felt that w- we should not have taken the approach of which we were to ever ask as the United States of America, if we can go to war. So I didn't really like that from the statesman standpoint, but I think he conducted himself as as a statesman in that position. Well, he didn't last long. If you remember, he bowed out of the Bush administration before the second term. There were cracks. Uh, his, inner, his inner lefty um, was beginning to show in the Bush administration and ended up in a screaming match with Don Rumsfeld. Uh, reports of that uh so uh, i think he was resentful i think he he, you know i think he didn't like um having to take orders at that point i I think there was a a rebelliousness to him in terms of and 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 do i want to say that i perceive him as the precursor to a millie or precursor to um you know, a, a wokest. There was a little wokism. You could see the cracks. You could see the beginnings of some wokism in, in, in terms of his position um, as Secretary of State. He was no longer a chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Um, I'm, I'm now going to give my perspective on the strategy, the strategist evaluation that that, uh, that Congressman Issa gave him. And, and I'm going to say that... that um, one of the things that I resented from John McCain, and I was very vocal about, is I don't like anybody. I don't care how great of a soldier you were. You know, I'm the daughter of two Marines. I respect anybody that uh, volunteers. Almost anybody that volunteers. At some point, you, the military uniform is it cannot be an all-encompassing shield or cover to avoid criticism, particularly of those who decide post-military service to go into politics. We not only have the right to evaluate you if you're post- military in terms of your pol- politics, if you go into leadership, we have an obligation to evaluate you and who you are and where you stand politically, not only regardless of whether or not you use, you wore the the military uh, the uniform of the U.S. military, but especially because you did. Because so many times, there are writing their, their having worn the uniform into political leadership. So we have an obligation to evaluate somebody and their politics as a result of that. So in my mind, he was not, and this is where I'm going to get into the politics. This man was not a great strategist, in my opinion, at least not politically. Politically. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure where Congressman Issa was going there. Here's what I saw. May, I, I think his greatest strat, strategy, was involving how he could use the Republican party for his political ends. He clearly was not a Republican in any way that when it came to policy, right? He couldn't have been. He ended up never running for office. So how could I know that he wasn't a Republican in any way concerning policy? Because this was a man who came out to support Barack Obama in 2008. Think about that. This was some. I know that Sarah Palin and others, we weren't allowed. John McCain wouldn't allow anybody to question Barack Obama in his background. But we knew he was brought up from Marxist roots. We knew he didn't have we knew he didn't have the experience or the ideology To become president of the United States. And you weren't allowed to ask about his Marxist roots. Was Colin Powell either either. Colin Powell to support him. Was either ignorant and stupid. Or he was on board with a Marxist. Becoming president of the United States. Neither one is a good option for me. Then to make matters worse. Colin Powell went on in 2012. Practically. While bodies were still being brought back. In body bags from Benghazi. And supported him in his re-election. It doesn't get more despicable to me than that, than a former U.S. military supporting the re-election of a man who denied 400 requests for security to bring home U.S. citizens. And this was a former Secretary of State, 400 requests for removal from Benghazi. Because they knew that because of the dangers that were going on there, threats of terrorist attacks, they were denied. And then on top of it, the Biden administration with Hillary Clinton refused to send help. And Americans fought for their lives. And then the survivors had to come home on planes from other countries because the U.S. didn't even send a plane to bring them home. And that's who Colin Powell voted for in 2012. And that's just the Benghazi. That's not even getting into the Fast and Furious, getting into the IRS, which was weaponized to control the outcome of elections by persecuting Tea Party groups in this country for their political views. This man had the gall to accuse President Trump of being a liar and subverting the Constitution. Subverting the Constitution happened all day, every day under the Obama administration, from the IRS to Fast and Furious. To Benghazi, to the way that he weaponized the FBI and the DOJ and conducted uh, illegal surveillance of the opposition party campaign in a way that was far worse than Watergate. And that's who Colin Powell voted for in 2012 and then in 2016 voted for Hillary Clinton, who violated the Espionage Act, committed about 30,000 different felonies with the 30,000 pieces of government property that she destroyed. His legacy cannot be one, in my opinion, from a political standpoint, that should be respected. And I don't have to respect somebody. One of the things I also disagree with is this thing, you know, with John McCain. You're you're never allowed to speak ill of the dead. Why? Why? Somebody's history does not get wiped clean because of their passing. We have got to stop memorializing and 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 um. What's the word I'm looking for to where we elevate somebody who in, into some hero position and we wipe away and we don't look at them and, and their history and their legacy appropriately because they supposedly at some point in their life achieved something extraordinary. He doesn't get a pass. He This man accused Trump of saying he was the first president of the United States of America who didn't try to unite Americans. Barack Obama day one did everything he could to begin to foster division in this country. From falsely accusing the Boston Police Department of racism to if I had a son, he look like Trayvon. This man, Barack Obama, perpetrated the lie of hands up, don't shoot for years. Fostered the Black Lives Matter movement, brought him to the White House after they chanted in the streets, pigs in a blanket, fry him like bacon. That's who Colin Powell supported in 2012. He doesn't get a pass for me from that. In fact, it makes me angry. Because had we had every Republican, even if they were dumb enough... Or emotional enough to want to vote for the first black president for that reason in two thousand eight. There should have been some clarity going into twenty twelve as to the evil that was going on in the White House under the Obama administration. But Colin Powell didn't wise up. No, we voted to reelect Obama in twenty twelve, voted to vote for Hillary Clinton in twenty sixteen, and then supported Joe Biden in 2020, with everything that we all knew of the corruption that went on in the Obama administration with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, that is not a man that I can look at and with, with as, as a top strategist and as somebody that I can look back on from a political standpoint with any goodwill. Anything you want to add to that, Skins, before I go? In fact, it makes me angry.
2: It's pretty spot on.
1: Thank you. I like to think I usually am. You usually are. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We come back. More on the other side. But if you think I'm wrong, give me a buzz. Tell me I'm wrong.
0: 888-344-1170. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter and Instagram at Andrea K Show, spelled K-A-Y-E. And connect with her on OurFreeNation.org streaming now on the Answer San Diego app and odyssey.com. Andrea K telling you like it is all while eating a donut too.
2: It's the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show before the break I was talking about the passing of Colin Powell and his uh, political legacy. Um, his legacy is also going to include his uh, contribution or I guess his family's contribution to the to the COVID vaccine. Um, debate going on in this country, I find I found a little odd that the family put out a statement um, about that he that he died from complications of COVID. Um, The reality is, how would you know that, right? He was 84 years old, had Parkinson disease and had been suffering with a a deadly uh, terminal uh, blood cancer. So, um, you know, it, it just seemed like a political statement. It just seemed odd to me. And, uh, you know, the and of course, the, the left is using this to justify what, you know, like this should be a warning to you guys. You know, he was he was he was vaccinated and yet he yet he, he still passed away. How is it that if somebody dies, at, let's say. By the way, that it was COVID actually that killed him, not the underlying cancer. And this is something I talked about last year at the height of the pandemic. I said, when, because I knew then that the vast majority of people dying, everybody was like, we've got to lock down or we're going to be Italy, even though Italy, well, the main uh, the people that were dying over there were over 80 and they all had like four or five comorbidities and they all smoke over there, right? I said, then, look, if, if somebody, we, we have never done this before. If somebody's got HIV, and the expression of of AIDS, right? What's the number one thing that ends up killing them? Pneumonia, right? That's what, that. They're, and if somebody from HIV, has HIV, uh, gets pneumonia and dies, the cause of death is not called pneumonia. The cause of death is called HIV. So clearly what we've got going on here is we've got somebody who was in his 80s, and you know, hashtag. If you didn't know you were going to die at some point in your life, spoiler alert. Okay, so you get in your 80s. You're, you know, typically this is why so many seniors die from the flu every year. You've been you're, the, you've been around the earth, you know, 80 something times in your 80s. Um, your systems are not what they were. You're you're immunocompromised in your 80s just because you're in your 80s. Then you've got comorbidities. You're you're face you're you are you are you are you you have got cancer. You know, uh, you know, uh, you're likely you're so immunocompromised. Your your systems are, are are struggling. You're likely it's not the virus that put him over the edge, it, but but let's say it was. Okay, he had received full vaccinations. Why is it that the message we're supposed to take away from uh, an 84 year old with comorbidities, including a deadly cancer, he's been vaccinated with these COVID shots and he dies? Why is that the lesson to me that I need to get a shot?
2: Lesson to me is that the vaccination doesn't work.
1: Right. I mean, you know, the uh, the the, argument is if you haven't if if if, it's it's always works to their favor. If the unvaccinated get sick and die, well, you should have gotten vaccinated. If the vaccinated get sick and die, well, it's because they were around some unvaccinated people. But yet they admit the vaccinated people are spreading it. So, if the vaccinated people get it and die, then, it, I mean, it, no matter there's how.
2: There's no logic to any of this. There's
1: no logic, and no matter how it's sliced and diced, it's all about the push for vaccinated. You've got, while well, you've got Buttigieg going out today bragging. That, that that what's going on with empty shelves what's going on inflation is just a result of Joe Biden taking us out of that horrible pandemic economy. And he's just got this economy booming so bad. This economy is is so raging, so hot right now that that's why you've got inflation. And that's why you can't get half the products you want to get right now.
2: Then Biden comes out and says uh, and not word for word. This is paraphrasing that the way out of all of this inflation is by global vaccinations.
1: Right. So in the same, so at the same token, they're telling you that, that the fact that we've got inflation uh, means that demand is so high because the economy is going so well right now um, that it, it's, you know, if you believe in supply side economics, that, you know, the demand is so high. At the same token, they're trying to say that the issue is related to uh, not enough people getting the shots. So you got to get the shot. It doesn't matter what the, what the issue is. It all comes back to them trying to use it in some way to tell you that the solution is you got to get the shot. You tell me what you getting the shot has anything at all to do with with ships being held offshore because they don't have anybody to offload the ships.
2: Absolutely nothing.
1: Has nothing to do with it. It Has nothing to do with it whatsoever. There's contradicting reports as to whether what's going on with the truckers and longshoremen. But here's one thing that we know it doesn't have anything to do. With anybody getting the shots. We've had um, uh, some, we've got Amy Reichert from Reopen San Diego, who um, back, you know, started with just, I think, 12 people in her organization and got into thousands here in San Diego, pushing back and had some success here because um, I, I think it's one of the reasons why San Diego County hadn't gone as crazy as LA County on uh, these lockdowns and, and some of these mandates. Um, She's going to be here in a little bit to talk about success they had here in San Diego today and uh, the sit in on San Diego today, as well as an event coming up um, on Friday that has to do with first responders. And what we have got to do is we've got to realize that it doesn't matter what the truth is. It doesn't matter what the facts are there. This has never been about science This is 100% about power and we must absolutely get active now. This is the hill that we have to die on. And we've, every one of us has to be like Amy Reichert. We have to get active. We have to say, you know what? It's not enough to just rely on our elected officials. It's not enough to be on social media and complain all day long. We've got to get active. And that we already, I think we've got some results when we hear today that Delta Airlines has come out and said, um that uh, I saw on the news tonight and it was I believe it was on NBC said that they're not going to force the man uh the shots You
2: have to keep pushing on, back.
1: We've got to keep pushing back. Before I take a break and then bring in Amy Reichert, we're going to go to the phones. Yolanda from San Diego is on the line. Hello
3: Yolanda. Hi, I'm joining you show number 1. Number 2, I want to say I am uh, I am Italian. I am 80 plus years old. And trust me, I don't get a vaccine. I'm fighting with everyone because I see more people that die with this vaccine. And it seems like even if they have some kind of, a, of a, whatever, like a cancer or something, the vaccine is helping to die even faster. So mm-hmm. uh, I am healthy. i eating healthy. I have a lot of energy. And uh, <laughs> instead of thinking vaccine, I'm thinking, to take a class, how
1: to stay healthy Mm. and enjoy life. You know what? I love that because if this was really about um, people's health. They would be spending as much time talking about how to boost your immune system and how to live a healthy life from exercise, Correct. from cutting back on sugar, from eating more fruits and vegetables, from Correct. from not uh, the the number one comorbidity that's killing um, the seniors in, and even the, the the small percentage of young people dying is obesity. It's it's uh, adult onset diabetes, which is brought about by by obesity, it, which is lifestyle related. But they're not telling anybody. That are they, Yolanda? Because what they want to do is they want to push these shots, and these shots yeah. are causing mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and over without getting all into the science, they're actually creating immune issues within the people getting the shots. The CDC came out today and said, you've got 11 times greater chance of being hospitalized and dying. If you're unvaccinated, wow. there is absolutely no data to support that claim. All the data out there <clears throat> is that take care of your immune system, take care of your body. And um, yeah. that's what, and, and nature and, and on top of the fact that Yolanda, you might've had COVID and you didn't even know it. And now you've got natural immunity to COVID.
3: You're right. You're right. And if you need me to talk boy I'm so really angry what uh, you know the Washington D.C. The they're doing to people That is, I am Italian I, I am really angry saying uh, why they pushing this vaccine why they don't give themselves to the front head so they're going to go sleeping because uh, we should not be, have a push it nothing in particular this vaccine because I really have uh, so much NSG I am like I say over 80 and uh, Boy, I am ready to running to starting a new life.
1: Well, you but know what? I'm uh, eating out. Well, yes. you sure, sure sound like you you're pretty peppy. You don't sound like you're in your 80s. And thank you for calling what? in Yolanda. Thank, I appreciate thank it. Thank you. I would thank ask you, you how much you're pasta you I would ask you how much pasta you eat, but I don't want you to tell me that I shouldn't eat pasta. Actually, occasionally I, I eat a pasta,
3: but not so much. Okay, <laughs> but uh, I I eat a lot of veggie and fruit,
1: and not so much sugar. Occasionally, All I treat right. myself. All Thank right. you very much. Thank you, Londa. I appreciate it. I, yeah. And you know what? As much as I post and I obsess over sugar and my donuts and stuff, I eat fruits and veggies every day. I'm obsessed with my green beans. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, Londa. I may eat pasta maybe once a month at the most. In fact, I'm sitting here right now, not tr- trying to remember the last time I ate pasta. Okay. So we're going to take a break. Because this is not really the food hour. And we come back. We're going to talk to Amy Reichert from Reopen San Diego. Talk about a local hero mom who got active. We're going to talk to her about today's events. Stay tuned.
0: More Andrea Kay? Follow her on Facebook at Andrea Kay, spelled K A Y E. And connect with her on ourfreenation.org. The Donut Queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The
2: Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Loving that Yolanda. Thank you, Yolanda, for calling in. Eighty-something-year-old Italian lady says, "I got lots of energy, and I don't need that. I don't need that shot." She made it simple. Right. Eat right. Eat your fruits and veggies, people. Um, today, protest all across the country, including Southwest. There was hundreds of Southwest employees. Uh, outside uh, picketing today, protesting, um, and uh, the pilots union came out, issued a statement saying, oh, well, "No, none of us pilots were there." Well, I don't care whether or not any pilots were there. They had hundreds of Southwest employees outside their office in Dallas. There can't—that uh, uh, had to have been the most, mo- almost all the employees out there. We've got thousands. Thousands and thousands of first responders and, and and cops and firefighters all over this country and nurses and doctors making their the, voices heard. Making their voices heard and pushing back against this. And in fact, we actually had an amazing rally and sit out of our schools happening today in San Diego. It will come as no surprise to you guys that it involved Amy Reichert from Reopen San Diego, who just like about a year ago decided regular mom, you know what, I gotta do something about these tyrannical takeover commie power grabs happening in our in our in our County and decided to get active and she partnered today I think is with mamas and dads from East County and she's here to share with everybody about what happened today and also something happening this Friday hello Amy Riker welcome back to the Andrea K show Oh, hi, Andrea. Thank you so much for having me. Well, girl, thank you for all that you have done. You're such an inspiration. We've got to start get active. We can't be sitting back. It's something that the the days of just sitting back and complaining and thinking we're just going to show up and vote is not enough. And you have shown everybody. How, um, one person can change the world and one person can light a fire and, and cause a, a reaction. And we've had some success with, with your activities. I think you're one of the main reasons why San Diego didn't go as bad as LA. Um, tell everybody what happened today and then we can talk about, um, the event on Friday.
4: Yeah, it was amazing. So probably about a week ago, I started getting messages from people. They're like, have you heard about this walkout on October 18th? And I checked it out and everybody started sharing it on social media and reopened San Diego. We decided to get involved because that is what we are all about, pushing back against these tyrannical mandates. That Gavin Newsom is trying to shove on our kids, and there is a group in East County. I live in the East County, called East County Mamas and Dads for Freedom, and they actually organized, and we partnered with them with this rally that was over the I-8 overpass at in the East County. At Grossmont Boulevard and Murray Drive, right near Grossmont High School, and you know what? There were a thousand people there. It was amazing. What? That's awesome.
1: So, uh, so how many kids do you think actually didn't go to school today across? Uh, uh, do you know across San Diego County?
4: Well, I can tell you that all of the districts were really, really concerned. I'm sure you saw them too, Andrea. I was getting emails from people, oh, look at this email my district has sent me. And it was threats to teachers saying, don't you dare walk out on Monday, October 18th. And then there were different districts that were sending these emails trying to pull on the heartstrings, right, of Mm -hmm. parents. And saying, oh, well, if you take your child out for one day, that will cause learning loss. And it's like,
1: <laughs> are you kidding me? Uh, like they care said, about learning loss? loss? 13, 13 months in front of screen. One day with your <laughs> child now <laughs> yeah um, I posed a question last week to somebody on my show about w- what's the economic impact to them if, if kids completely you know walk out right um, you know it's supposed to end up with with less money in their pockets in this case really the goal is freedom of choice it's that mm-hmm. it's the parents have the right and should have the right to say whether or not they put a mask on their kid and whether or not they get their kid injected with an experimental substance substance when we know that kids don't get it and they don't give it. That's ultimately what the issue is, isn't it?
4: Absolutely. And it's just so sad in California. And that's why so many people are leaving. The truth of the matter is, is if you go to another state right now, kids are not masked up eight hours a day. These vaccine mandates aren't being mandated by governors in those states, like Texas, like Florida. And we've seen the outcomes, you know, from DeSantis leadership uh, he did a great job navigating Florida, you know, without fear through COVID and they've actually like the third best state for outcomes as in best, not worst, best. So, you know, uh, we're just trying to hold the line for our kids. I have a 10-year-old, and I'm very concerned. And as it turns out, I'm not alone. We're not in the minority. There was recently a poll, and 68% of parents who have kids ages 0 to 12 are actually against vaccine mandates mm-hmm. for kids, let alone this 68% of parents are like saying, no way, no way are you going to touch my child with that.
1: Mm-mm. Well, um, it's just absolutely despicable the way that in the state of California, Gavin Newsom has used kids in order to um, push his communist agenda. He, He admitted last year that COVID gave him an opportunity to get programs passed that he wouldn't have otherwise been able to do. And one of the ways that he was able to do it is by... Um, Not just shutting down uh, certain industries like restaurants and hospitality so that then he could use those restaurants for his, you know, feed the seniors program kind of stuff. But he needed parents to be stuck at home with their kids. He had to shut down the schools Mm -hmm. because that gave him a way to keep businesses shut down because, you know, one or two parents had to be home with their kids all day because nannies and babysitters were quarantined at home. So um, the children have been the pawns that have been used by Gavin Newsom and other Democrats. States from the beginning, and it's in, in. And I'm glad to see so many parents waking up to that reality. And I think that we've finally gotten to a place to where, uh, when it came to these shots, and we're seeing the reports of side effects, if not deaths, on on um, so many Americans, we don't even have the accurate numbers. But we know, according to the CDC itself, um, that we've we've got at least uh, 14, depending on which report you see, thousands of deaths in this country paralysis you know kids kids have died from the shot that you know i'm I'm glad that parents have decided to wake up and say no this is a bridge too far it's one thing to force my kid to stay home for 13 months it's one thing to force my kid to wear a mask this is not the same as the polio vaccine and i'm not going to have my child subjected to this um it's not just about parents, though. We've got first responders all across this country that don't want to be, jab- be jabbed either. The, in fact, the state of California, I saw in Breitbart tonight, 40% of um, uh, government workers across the state of California say they don't want to be jabbed either. But but it, 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 the, we've got firefighters and police across the country and even here in San Diego County that don't want to be jabbed. You have an event uh, surrounding first responders this Friday, Yes.
4: Oh, yes. And I actually have some inside information to share with Ooh. you from the San Diego police officer. And this will be this will be breaking news and hasn't been shared anywhere else. Ooh. But just so you know, they did a survey of the department of twelve hundred officers, right, asking their vaccination status. And they said, if you do not answer this survey, you will be you know maybe fired or penalized. Well, 150 of them said, I'm not answering. That's my private medical information, right? They held the line. Well, 700, other 700 more responded that, yes, they were vaccinated. But then 333 officers, and that's, that number is exactly right, said, no, if you make me take the vaccine, I will quit. That's our San Diego police officers right here in the city of San Diego. Wow. So a group of 300 officers actually came to reopen San Diego and they said, you know what, would you do a press conference for us? And we're like, you know what, you guys serve and protect us. We're a thousand percent in to serve you guys. So we are going to have a press conference on Friday, October 22nd at San Diego city hall, but it's not going to be about reopen San Diego. There are going to be San Diego police officer spouses that are going to speak out because their spouses, their officers cannot speak out. Mm -hmm. We're going to have firefighters who have the blessing of their department to speak out. Wow. Their spouses. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's something that people really don't realize that the fire department. You know, they don't publicly say anything, but, you know, behind the scenes, they're saying, you know, we can't really support you publicly, but yeah, Mm -hmm. go, go, go. Right. And then lifeguards Mm -hmm. will be speaking, their spouses, 911 dispatchers and other city employees, because you know what? We're going to be in a one hot mess if they are fired December 1st. That's the threat from Mayor Todd Gloria. He is saying he will fire 1,000 first responders December 1st, three weeks before Christmas, if they don't submit.
1: Wow. You know
4: what? We're fighting back.
1: We have to, because let me tell you, um, Amy, we are in a fire season. We just we're coming off a weekend of Santa Ana winds. It's November and December is is our fire season. We cannot lose our fire department. They are also not just our first responders for fires, but for um, you know if if somebody's having a heart attack, that's that's you know or the ambulance that shows up. Um, I myself over Thanksgiving one year when I was by myself, had an intruder trying to break in and and I had to call the police. Mm. And I, you know, and I will tell you, even then with the full police force, think about it. We only have what 1200 police officers for entire San Diego County. They never showed Mm -hmm. up that night at my home. The only thing that, Ah. so thank goodness I I was sitting there with, I I have a shotgun. I had my Remington (laughs) and and I, and I showed it to the dude through the window. So, but think about, think about living in San Diego. Thank you, doll. Think about Sandy, San Diego County without with with uh, losing a third of our first responders. What that means for us, what that means for us, if you're if you're being you're in the middle of being subjected to a violent crime or, um, <clears throat> you know, or, um, you know, you've got a fire going on in your home, you know, and and, and maybe and, and maybe your home would, is now a total loss when if they could have gotten there, they could have maybe saved the home and some of your possessions. I mean, this is literally life and death. And you know what, Amy, that kills me so much about this is they want to pretend these tyrants want to pretend that this is about protecting lives. Right. This isn't about protecting lives. They wouldn't be putting our first responders that they know don't want to have these shots. They wouldn't be putting them at the position of either get the shots or leave a San Diego County vulnerable to fire and violent crimes.
4: Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's just something really suspicious about all of this. It seems political. We know that many people who feel like us, Andrea, are, you know, Christians with honestly held religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. And then you know, conservatives have a tendency to say, you know what? Hey, I just want to wait. You know, I just, I don't know all the data yet. We don't know the long-term effects that we might find out 5, 10, 15 years from now. So I'm in good shape and I just want to wait. Well,
1: the science, right. So
4: I feel like they know that they're coming for conservatives. I'll say that publicly. I feel like they know they're coming for conservatives and for Christians. Right. But the sad thing is, I've talked to so many people, Andrea, who are not Republicans, who are not Christians. And they're just like they feel betrayed by the Democratic Party because they're Democrats. Right. And their party is coming for them thinking the party is thinking that they're coming for Republicans. But they're, but they're hurting their own, and it's just so sad.
1: It is sad, because, and that's one of the reasons why we had the recall, and uh, it was just really, really disappointing that we still have Gavin Newsom in office, because, you know, with with the Democrats that were destroyed with their businesses shut down, just like in Chula Vista, how many of those restaurant owners down there were uh, minorities and, you know, immigrants and and Democrats who lost their businesses? You would have th- thought that it would have been unanimous to get this creep out of office, but, you know, it wasn't, but, you know, it's, it's, it's equal opportunity. Opportunity destruction across the board Mm to Democrats, independents and Republicans. Tell everybody how they can they can watch this press conference on Friday.
4: Well, I just want to encourage anyone who's listening, please go to reopensd.org and sign up for our newsletter where you can get breaking news about press conferences like this. And everybody else, we'd love to see you come out and, you know, support the police and the lifeguards and the firefighters on Friday, October 22nd at San Diego City Hall. Not the waterfront, everybody, where we usually
1: do our rallies,
4: but San Diego City Hall at 3.30.
1: Well, thank you so much for all you do, Amy Reichert. God bless. Oh, Thank you, Andrea. All right. Now, y'all stay tuned. we got more to talk about on the other side of the break, so do not go away.
0: Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Facebook at Andrea K. Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. And connect with her on ourfreenation.org. Andrea K telling
2: you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Has this made national news? Y'all out there listening? We uh the drone is showing, and this was yesterday, multiple white sharks. Uh, sur- swimming uh, next to surfers in Del Mar, and I'm talking about so close to the beach that it's like where the where the waves are breaking at the beach. I yeah, mean, these things is, are like
2: twice the size of these surfers that are out there. Right. and like I said, it's it's scary, but it's beautiful at the same time.
1: Right, and and it's particularly since I used to swim in these beaches in Del uh, in Del Mar. I mean, this is crazy how big these things are. So that's very interesting. Um, okay, you are the dad of two twins, I am. right? Pete Buttigieg is under some hot water. Now, here we've got all this. We've got all the supply chain issues, which is just killing the American uh, you know, consumer right now. He's the head. Buttigieg is the head of transportation. A dude who was a mayor of a small town that only had 66 buses has been put in charge of transportation in the United States of America. That makes sense. Yeah, makes total sense. And then on top of it, you take a dude with no experience— who he and his husband adopted two twins and he's been on paternity leave for months paternity leave now the excuse is, is that dads need to bond with their newborns you can you can you can bond at 5 p.m. for the this you know i i can't even wrap my head around this excuse okay
2: yeah, I mean, if, he, if he's taken months off uh, yeah, you know, eventually you need to go back to work. And when you get off, and my, I've had various crazy schedules, you can find a lot of time to, to, to bond with your kids, man. Go back to work.
1: Right. I mean, you know, everybody has to work. Bonding is basically, it's also kind of a lifetime experience as a parent. Like, you, you, yeah, you want to bond with your kid when it's born, but the bond actually, how, how many people create a bond with a, with a kid they adopt at 12, who's 12 years old? right? I mean, this is just an excuse to sit at home and be a layabout, in my opinion. You want to stay at home a week or two so you can, you know, that's fine. fine. But months, there's no excuse for this. Get your hiney back to work, man. Bond at 5 p.m. at the end of the day like, like a normal human being. What And what do we do if this is where we're at with this country where dads, let's say, you know, they adopt or, you know, have one of these marriages where they're like the Duggars and they're popping out a kid every nine months. When does the dad ever go back to work? So basically taxpayers are on the hook to just have a dude stay at home and be Mr. Mom all day long.
2: Yeah, like like you were saying, a couple of weeks, you know, maybe even up to a month, kind of see it depending on situations. After that, dude, get back to the office and, you know, find some time on the weekends or after work.
1: Right. And the first couple of weeks, really traditionally with a, with a woman having the kid, I mean, you know, depending on how bad the delivery was, a mom can can be in a situation where physically she needs the help, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, the you know, him and his husband didn't pop a kid out, right? They didn't try to pass a watermelon through a keyhole. I don't think so. That's not what happened here. Right, there's no reason for him to be sitting at home for three months on the taxpayer dole. You want to stay at home for each, you know, this is just insanity where we're going in, in in this country in terms of entitlement. Now we've got dads feeling entitled to just stay at home for months and and on the taxpayers' dole. You want to stay at home for months without pay? That's one thing, but but while you're being paid is absolutely another. Um, there was an interesting. Um, uh, story of a gal going around um, who who's a former um, Chinese citizen under Mao, and she spoke at the Loudoun County public schools wow. system. Her her kid went through public schools in Loudoun County. I'm going to try to reach out and see if I can get her on, because what she's, be yeah, what she's saying is what's happening around this country in her schools is exactly what she experienced under the Mao uh, revolution. She was six years old when Mao took over power in China. And she's trying to warn the United States about everything you see going on right now is what Mao did in China. She talked about in particularly the division of pitting citizens against each other and in the schools. And what she talks about in this one interview that she did about um, a a school teacher trying to pit citizens against each other and um, division based upon uh, money and class and the proletariat against the bourgeoisie, right, to where she she recalls a story of when she was a school kid and the teacher had a nice dress on and the kids were, were instructed to spit on her because wow. because they were poor and how dare she wear a nice dress to school. We, you know, we've we've got to be not just looking back at people like Colin Powell and going, oh, gee, he's a hero. We can't criticize. But we need to be looking at everybody who's ever in a position of power and being critical about what they're doing and, and whether or not they're contributing Take to Take the
2: warnings that we're being given.
1: Absolutely. We're, and we're out of time. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace out.